Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and no, I'm not joined by Sam Matura this week. I'm joined by one of the best and definitely most physical fit actors in Hollywood. You've seen him in That Thing You Do. You've seen him in DC Legends of Tomorrow, and pretty soon you'll be seeing him in Day of the Dead Bloodline. I am joined, of course, by Jonathan Sheck. Jonathan, how are you this afternoon? I'm great. (laughs) awesome well jonathan uh day of the dead bloodline does come out january 5th um you can see a trailer of that on youtube right now can you just describe to us a little bit what that film's all about well you know it's 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 in the line of all the day of the dead night of the living dead all the romero things so this is like a modern twist on everything uh it's it starts out with like this real monster horrible human being does incredibly bad things to this wonderful scientist played by Sophie Skelton, uh, a character by the name of Zoe. And he does, you know, he really he doesn't know how to come across properly. He's a hero of his own story, so he takes upon himself to do certain things that he, he went, ends up regretting in the end, because then what happens is <clears throat> the apocalypse happens, and there's zombies, and one of them gets hold of them, and then he's, he's bitten, but he doesn't turn into a full rotter. He basically he waits in like a purgatory of zombiehood with a bunch of rotters going around him and then he has to when he gets the opportunity he gets to, to face all the sins of his past and he tries to make amends with her and tries to redeem his life and and ask for forgiveness but what's happened is he's turned he's turned halfway not fully into um a rotter a, a zombie yeah. so he can't you can't say I'm sorry without growling or teeth showing or, <laughs> yeah. you know, part of it is the meltdown or, he, you know, it's like King Kong uh, holding Jessica Lang in the in the movie. You know, he's trying to be real delicate, but he's just freaking monster. He's a full-fledged creature like a Frankenstein. Yeah. So. And there is... That's- that's how I always look at the movie. Mm-hmm. There, there is one particular section of the film where you're definitely in a, your character, Max, which we'll get to in a second, is faced with a test. Um, we won't spoil it, but it involves an arm being stuck out, and you basically, you know, they trust you enough as a character, as a rotter, as you've said, to make the decision whether you want to indulge in the flesh. We'll just call it that. Um, so that was a particularly big <laughs> scene. Um, so you've played over 80 roles in your career from the lead singer to an eerie PA band to a DC anti-hero. Now you're playing a zombie. Can you tell us a little bit more about Max? Well, that's the thing with Max is, uh, I felt as though he was real, he was a real monster before he turned. So after, you know, me, we without the prosthetics, it was harder for me to play that part than was playing the the monster. And and so when I got to play him, I, I had enough time, I, I, I put on like 35 pounds of muscle to play the role, because I can, number one, and because I thought it would make it more imposing, so that when he's trying to, you know, ask her to forgive him for what he is, because he's caught in this horrible state, of caught between, you know, life and death, really, uh, it just, it's, it comes across, you know, like, he's just a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's trying, like, to say I'm sorry, and he knows there's one way that he can really redeem his life, and, and eventually um, Zoe figures it out. Yeah. So, you know, I got, to, I got to look at this character as if I was playing, like, Frankenstein or Dracula. When I, wa- I watched Gary Oldman play Dracula over and over, and uh, Boris Karloff, you know, how he, how he uh, you know, he created this Frankenstein that's uh, so 
compassionate, loving, even though he's a, you know, underneath all this mounds of uh, prosthetics, he's trying to be a human being. And and then I, I studied the movements of I Am Legend because, you know, there's a, a, a different version of I Am Legend at the end where those, they're, they're zombies, really. Uh, I think it's Dash Mihawk played the alpha in it, and that was the one that Will Smith was fighting, and they basically are still alive. You know, they still have care, they have feelings. Um, and in the movie, the, second, the other version of it, they, he helps save one of them. Uh, in the, I don't know how he does it, but it's like shoots him out with some drugs to help or help the alien female to uh, dash his alpha. So I, I just studied all those things and then got out there and worked with everybody and then worked with um, Sophie Skelton on the on the piece. And, you know, the the more I was an asshole in the beginning, it would make the piece that much easier to play. Mm-hmm. So I, I did all those things. I didn't do them because I thought that everyone would hate the character before we even started. <laughs> but it didn't matter. I was yeah. the villain, the hero of my own story. So that's that's why I got to play. I play a lot of the, the bad guys in the movies. Except um, for James, that thing Ex- you do, I played. You know, I quit. I quit. I'm, yeah, I hear you. Even to this day, people. I had a kid after the movie came out. He came up and he kicked me. <laughs> he literally kicked me. And I, he kicked me. He was, You're so mean to Faye. And I was like, buddy, number one, it's a movie. And I wasn't. I wasn't that mean to her. I just didn't want to be around her because I was too um, self-absorbed. Uh, and yeah. her. Have said, oh, I'm just so sorry. It was my dreams were coming true, and I didn't know how to deal with it. Should have dumped you in Pittsburgh. That's that's the line that sticks out to me there. Uh, that so that thing you do. Oh, that thing you do is my favorite film of all time. It's not even close. We've said it before uh, on our podcast and our top three films of all time. It ranked as my number one. We shouted it out for its 20-year birthday uh, last year. Um, so with that being said, uh, my co-host Sam, he also loves you in Legends of Tomorrow. So as an actor, you have a clear clear amount of range what has it been like for you personally adjusting over the years from 96 um, from that thing you do even before that to all these different character types what's it like for you as an actor to be able to adjust and basically be playing any role you're given well you know I, it's interesting but I did I, I learned a lot more in this last year about myself than as an actor and why I became an actor than anything so when I first came out when I was in college I couldn't stand I, I thought it was going to be an economics major and go into business law. I was really good at numbers, but I hated reading. I couldn't stand text, and I didn't know why. <clears throat> and I've come to realize that I'm dyslexic. And so that when you put, like, a book in front of me, especially a textbook from college, I literally just I can't read it, and it hurts. And, it, and I, don't, I can't, I could never excel, so I couldn't find my way inside of a textbook. So I left. I came out here, I met my acting coach, and he basically, he figured all these things out, but he didn't, we didn't define it as dyslexia or anything, and he, he told me uh, that I had incredible narrative reasoning skills, and that I was very good as an actor because I had meaning in all the words that I would say, and that's kind of a, something that actors really try to do, is find the meaning behind the words. So I was already had the meaning, I just had to learn the words. It was a little harder for me to learn the words, but I didn't know that there was any other way. So as I stumbled my way across, I you know, came across the Tom Hanks world, and more and more. 
working with Ed Harris, even, you know, Dave Company. All these guys have these incredible skills. But one, one of the things that I can always hang with them is in their reasoning skills. So being, when you're dyslexic and you have to compete in other people's marketplaces, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't keep up with the, some of the things that people have to do. I can't do things very quickly. However, put me inside of a, a, a stage and give me a character, I get to really pull from an incredible range. And then my, from being, you know, told that I was dumb since I was in second grade, and I'm not, <laughs> I've, I've used different skills and acquired different skills uh, and have incredible advantages with matters of the heart. So, when I get to play something like, uh, you know, Max, or if I get to play something like uh, Jimmy, I'm, I will find different places inside those characters than most people could ever fathom are there. I think you can see that coming through as well in your acting. Uh, very quick final question. George A. Romero, clearly a, uh, an influence in the horror genre, clearly a mastermind of that genre. What was it like getting, onto, getting to work on a reimagining of one of his pieces? Well, I don't know if you know this, but I get to work with George Romero in the past. I, I have a writing partner named Rick Chismar, and we were adapting a Stephen King called from Bill Gate, and George Romero was set to direct it at one point. Mm. So I get to we got to work with George Romero. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. He, yeah, he, I did not know that. He he had this, you know, with horror. There's different people come at it from different places. You know, there's like in the movie, there's great kills, there's great you know, uh, action, and there's just great scary moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and so the, the day of the dead, living, night of living dead, there was really big topics and issues underlying everything that he was doing. So that's one thing about working with anything that had to do with George Romero. And he was one of the up favorites of mine. Um, and him working with him, I just could see that, you know, he, he didn't really see them as, horror films there were more tragedies mm. and you know and King does the same thing Stephen King does the same thing you know he he was the one that brought Dracula into um, an American culture an American neighborhood that we could all relate to um, in Salem's Lot you know she had a lot of uh, the things that were just like the horror films that were outside of our world brought him into our world and Romero just used these underlying you know social uh, issues that he would try to solve, like, you know, make it characters be zombies. He had to fight them off. You know, he was so good at doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a great answer, Jonathan. Thank you so much for taking the time today uh, to come on the show for just a little bit. Um, best of luck to you. Continued success. Day of the Dead Bloodline comes out January 5th, 2018. Uh, you can find Jonathan on Instagram at John Sheck, S-C-H-A-E-C-H. Again, Jonathan, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. And everyone check out Sophie Skelton. She's my co-star in this, and she's fantastic. She's on Outlander, which is a great series on the BBC. Awesome. We definitely will. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Happy holidays. And that was our interview with Jonathan Sheck of That Thing You Do, Jonah Hex, Ray Donovan, and soon to be in just four days from the time you're hearing this, or January 5th, uh, Day of the Dead Bloodline. 
That was a cool no, experience. No, you, you, you did a great job, buddy. Of course, I wish I could have been there with you, but, you know, he's a Hollywood actor, and, you know, since he only had it, what, one twenty in the afternoon, not everyone's home at that time during the week. <laughs> I, I am lucky that I was able to scoot out of work for a little bit, take care of the interview, get back before 2. And you're also lucky that you were two minutes away from home so you you missed it yeah but we do want to take a second just to say thank you to jonathan for coming on the show uh it was a dream come true to talk to him Uh, as everybody knows and i said it in the interview that thing you do is by far my favorite movie it's right there yeah we heard you fangirl i fanned it out like crazy (laughs) i was like he's calling me oh my goodness no it's pretty cool because like when, when i hear him i just hear jonah hex you know, but yeah. you, you hear him as, you know... As Jimmy from exactly. that thing you do. And I'm excited to say that I can't wait to hear him as Max. Now, we saw the film, and it was cool to be able to talk about that. And this film doesn't even come out until January 5th. And it was it was some gory it was some gory stuff. Yeah, so we, we thank Saban, first and foremost, for letting us uh, see that film. And to, to Jonathan and his team for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, everybody, we hope you enjoyed the Jonathan Sheck interview. Go back and check out the Joe Rio interview from Hidden in Plain View. Go check out the Nigel Bach interview, the director of the Bad Ben trilogy. Uh, Which, the- after listening to that interview, actually, I'm... I, I kind of want to see these films now. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's awesome. He, he, he sounded funny as shit. I was cracking up. That's cool. And then uh, go back and listen to the Danny Stevens episode from the audition, the Beta Camp episode, and then all the way back from July, uh, our first bonus episode, which was Surgeonello of the oh, early boy. November. You can check all of those out. And then coming soon, we have Dom Maggi from Vent on January 19th, and then Ace Enders and Nick Bruzzesi from the early November and Man Overboard live at the Lumberyard on February 2nd. So keep an eye out for those episodes uh, in the future. But again, thank you to everybody for listening to this bonus episode. We'll see you for episode 72. We had a legend on the podcast.